Mission Sunday, last May of 2020, we had Mission Sunday planned. We had a ticket for Vladimir to fly here from Estonia to be with us. We said, doesn't look like May is going to work. Let's wait till September. So we waited till September of 2020. And of course, that wasn't a good time either. So we said, well, May of 2021 will work. And uh, we've kept pushing this down the road. And Nikolai is not with us today, of course, but... Uh, I'm thankful that we're back together now and can celebrate what we've done annually for a number of years, what we call Mission Sunday. I'd like you to open your Bibles, or if you can, go to Matthew chapter 28. It's where we're going to spend our time uh, this morning. Matthew 28 is sometimes called the uh, resurrection chapter, as well it should be, because of what happens there with Jesus coming from the tomb, the great events that take place there. We're going to start reading in verse 16, Matthew 28 and verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, and of course, why there are 11? Well, of course, because Judas is no longer with them. It's interesting in Acts chapter 1, they, they don't want to be 11 anymore. They want to get back to 12, and uh, there's some purpose to that, obviously. And of course, they choose Matthias to replace Judas. The eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. So this is a pre-planned meeting. It's not something casual or just happened by uh, accident. Jesus has asked them to go to this place. Obviously there's intent to what Jesus is about to do. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now that's a very interesting verse in itself, isn't it? Uh, Jesus is certainly worthy of worship. That's what takes place here. But the fact that some doubted even at this point is certainly, uh, I think to many of us might be a mystery, but it certainly tells us what was going on and the, the differences in people's attitudes even at this point. But here's what continues. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now we call this passage the Great Commission, don't we? Maybe you've heard it called the Great Charge. And you may know there's all four Gospels contain... Uh, this type of language. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Also, Jesus says very similarly in Mark's account, and he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. But in, in Luke chapter 24, Jesus is in a setting with his disciples. It doesn't seem to be that he's on a mountain. And he's not necessarily giving a command as much as he's talking about, in a sense, a prophecy or a prediction of what's about to happen. He's, he's quoted the fact that the Son of Man is going to give his life uh, for, the, for the world and for what will take place from that. And he says and that repentance and for, for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And that's what about happens about 50 days later there at the day of Pentecost. 20, Jesus has appeared to his disciples and apostles on the very resurrection day. 
And he's in this room with them. And Jesus says these words to them. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So these are the phrases of Jesus after his resurrection. The intent of his direction, the intent of his words, and what the Lord hopes and predicts is about to happen. Now we might ask, why is Jesus saying these types of things? Well, all of us know because of the very words we've sung this morning. That's why the Father sent him. The Father sent him to do something, and now that mission has been completed. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, Jesus in in his own very words says, I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. And he did that, of course, through what we would call the gospel story, through his death and his burial, and his resurrection. But at this point now, after the resurrection, how does this story continue? How will the lost be saved at this point, standing on this hill with these men? What is the direction now? What's the plan, we might say, going to happen? And Jesus is basically saying, of course, I have done what I've come to do. It's not up to me anymore. Now it's up to you. People are still lost as Jesus stands on this mountain. The fact that Jesus has died on the cross and been resurrected does not save people immediately. A plan has to be now put in place. So this idea that people are still lost in the devil's hell is still very evident and still very clear and true at this point, even though the Father has sent him to remedy that. Basically, he's saying, I'm sending you to tell people how to be saved now, how to share this story. You are the means now to this end. And great commission to me is an accurate phrase or great charge. Uh, I think we sometimes say or sometimes we stereotypically talk about someone's dying wish or their dying words or their parting phrases. You know, hundreds of years ago, before the phone and before uh, there was even much of a mail system, your last words to someone might be when they are leaving to travel across the country, realizing you... But, uh, you know, nowadays there's, I think... When we talk about it, did you ever hear someone's dying wish or did you ever hear someone's last words? Uh, Generally, what we're thinking is taking place there is someone communicating, well, here's what's most important to me at this point. Here's the last thing I need to say to you and impress on you. I don't know why I've I've thought, you know, what what would, with me, what would I say? What what would my last words be? And uh, I thought of a song and, and it goes, tell Laura I love her. That would be the kind of, words that I would say, something, something that's most important or needs to be uh, communicated. But why do all four Gospels have this intent and this message is what Jesus is saying right at the end, His parting wish, His parting words. In fact, we might ask, how is it that Jesus asked this in the first place of common men? If we were to ask what right does he have to command men to go into all the world to preach the gospel, 
The answer is part of this passage found in Matthew chapter 28. Let's look at Matthew 28 again, especially verse 18 as we look at that verse again. He prefaces this great command by saying, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. I right to say this because all authority is mine. All power everywhere is mine. I have the right and the power even to expect your obedience. I'm telling you what to do because I have the authority to do this. And we understand power, don't we? I think it first begins uh, to some degree even as what we hope takes place in a parent-child relationship. The phrases we'll use with our children if they might expect uh, or we might expect obedience from them. Uh, we give authority to uh, uh, the police. We give authority in the workplace. Um, people can tell you what to do at work based on who they are. An improper reply to your boss would be, you can't tell me what to do. Well, that doesn't work very well, does it? Because they can tell you what to do because of who they are, because of the authority that they have. But I, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe it's stereotypically of me, but men, I don't know, seem like they want to have some power, don't they? They want to have control. There's a device in my house that's called a remote control. <laughs> and I like to have that. I like to have that in my hand. It's been said, you know, men don't watch a TV to is on TV, right? <laughs> And uh, we don't even have cable TV. We just stream movies. And I, Laura knows I still like that remote to be in my hand. Uh, Jesus is saying here, I have the right. I have the authority. I'm the one now in control of all things, of all things on heaven and on earth. And in this passage, he's saying, I am in charge of the gospel. In a sense, he's saying, I created the gospel. I am the gospel. I am this message, and I am in charge of it. So let me ask you, in a sense, as we think of ourselves, as we think of the gospel today, as we think of ourselves collectively as Jesus' disciples, who's in charge here? Who's in charge of, of what we do? And you might say, well, Mark, the, the elders are in charge here at McDermott Road. Well, I want to suggest to you in a sense that the elders do not and should not control this church and be in charge here in the sense that we're talking about today. The person in charge has his name on the building. He is the head of the church. And just passages that remind us of that would be Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18 and Philippians 2 and verse 9, Ephesians 1 and verse 22. He is the head of the body. The church, he is the beginning, the firstborn from dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. In Philippians 2 and verse 9, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name. And this passage in Ephesians, He put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. So this morning, applying these passages to ourselves, that Jesus said. We're not talking about what we want, are we? We're not talking about what the elders want or what the preachers want. We're not talking about what you want the church to do. What's us doing? 
And the reason is because Jesus has the right and the authority to tell us what to do. He has the power. He's the head of this church. He's the king. He tells us what to do. So with this kind of authority, he makes this command. And again, I believe that's the reason he says these words before he makes this command in Matthew chapter 28. It's not the great suggestion. It's the great commission. And in verse 19, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now therefore is obviously there for a reason. The phrase, what's the therefore, therefore? Well, it's again based on what he's just said. Because he is in charge, because he has all authority, he can say this command. And the command is go. The command is simply go. It's not come, is it? It's go. It's not let the world come to you, not let the people come to you. It is you go, you go make disciples. Or to us, it is you go church. You know, I'm old enough to remember when peepings, and you may remember the day you could put a sign out front and advertise a gospel meeting, maybe in a newspaper or uh, in different ways, and you'd invite friends and family to come, people who were lost, and uh, those meetings might last seven days, maybe maybe five. We cut them down to three at one point, and we could fill up a building. I've been to tent meetings where you'd, the tent would fill up. I've been to civic centers that were full of people for several nights every week. But brothers and sisters, it seems as though that day is over and I don't see it coming back. But the point is, that's not the great commission anyway. It is not come world. It is go church, go brother, go sister. So how do you do that? Can I get in your shoes this morning just for a little bit? Can I kind of walk in my shoes and yours and just talk about you? Nobody else, just you. How do you do that? How do you do this? Could you go to Estonia with us? Could you go to Haiti? And that's not really practical to expect of us, is it, of all of us? So how do or you just stay in your house in McKinney. Uniquely, Matthew 28 is to the group of apostles and some disciples that were there as well. The application certainly is right there, what these men are about to do and where they're about to be sent out literally into all the world. But corporately now, thinking about his disciples, remember, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, which is something he's just commanded, how can we apply that to us today? Are we off the hook, in a sense, if we just stay right here in Texas? What would Jesus say to you right now, right where you are, where you live? I think I know what he would say. I think he would say, wherever you are, make disciples. Wherever you live, make disciples. People may be watching this broadcast in a lot of different places. 
Wherever you are, Jesus wants you to make disciples. The person in authority is commanding you to make disciples. So just you this morning, just you, how are you doing with that? How is that working for you right now? Just ask him. Maybe ask another way. In 2021, have you led someone to Christ? Have you made a disciple? Or maybe in the last five years, have you led someone to Christ? Just ask him. Have you ever tried to lead anyone to the Lord? Have you been praying for a particular person to be saved? Who can you point to and say, you know, by the grace of God and God using my small influence, that person is heaven bound? It's a great charge, isn't it? It's a great task. Simply make disciples. In verse 19, he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. How do you make disciples according to Jesus? They're baptized and they're taught. I am so grateful for the book of Acts, aren't you? Because I always like to tell people, that's when we know what happened next. I appreciate the reading this morning from just one section in Acts chapter 11, but the book of Acts is full of what these people did based on the command of their king, based on their... The book of Acts happened. It's my favorite book because people obeyed the one with all authority. They obeyed the person in charge. So how, again, is the book of Acts going to happen here? Well, if you look around this morning, that's how. It's us. It's us, folks. It's us that's going to help this happened here. In 2021, 19 people have become disciples of Christ here at McDermott Road and been baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. And you know, I believe in going to Nicaragua. I believe in going to South Texas. But I also believe in going across the street and down the hall having lunch and coffee with somebody how are you doing with what the king has commanded you? In fact, if I ask you if you had any plans this afternoon and you said, you know, my afternoon is free, and I said, well, you know what, I've got somebody that wants to study the Bible and learn how to be a Christian and they need to meet with somebody at 1 o'clock, would you do that? How, what would your answer be if your afternoon was free? What method of study do you teach someone and if your answer might be I would like to do that but I'm just not quite sure how I would conduct that study or what I would say or what scriptures I would use well let me just mention this afternoon today there's some opportunities for us that we've advertised today at two o'clock uh, there's a series of videos that are uh, the content is excellent for what to do with talking to someone about bringing them to faith in Jesus Christ. It's going to take place in our fellowship hall. At 4 o'clock, we're going to uh, talk about our World Bible School program and how you can teach people right from your computer and right at home. People here in Collin County who have applied to, online to actually study the Bible with someone. 
and the ease of this program and how it can be used. So think about that this afternoon. If you're looking and knowing that your afternoon is free, perhaps join us this afternoon. And in the fellowship hall, I'm sorry, in the foyer today, the Project Thrive table is there. That's where we interact with the people in East McKinney one Friday a month. And they're looking for sign-ups for people who will help with that program and participate on that Friday afternoon program. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, this is not on the screen, but in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those that find it are few. By implication, for Collin County, for my town, and for my street, it means I don't have to go to Estonia to find a lot of lost people who need to be saved. And could I be so bold as to say the reason this building is sitting on this property is because of the Great Commission? It's the reason this church exists? Our teacher came to seek and save the lost. Does our church want what our teacher wants? Do our church members want what our teacher wants? Do you feel like you're here to do his mission, to fulfill his charge, his commission? Do you feel like he has that authority in your life? But thankfully in Matthew 28, Jesus finishes in verse 20 by saying, I am with you always. And based on the difficulty these men were about to face, certainly what a comforting phrase. And I imagine you need that kind of phrase in your life as well. Behold, I'm with you always. You know, sometimes it's scary to share your faith with somebody, especially when your own life is having difficulties. You know, when you look at the excuses that Moses gave or why he didn't want to speak for the Lord. He came up with several. But the best comfort I could have from Christ would be to say, He is with me wherever I go and whatever I encounter. You know, I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for what we do across the globe. I'm thankful for the elders here and the priority for us to teach all nations. I'm thankful for how you give so generously to make this happen. You know, when you give, that is, you know, somewhat of a, a difficult way to understand what are those funds accomplishing? What is going on when I give on my app or when I place something in that box out front? We don't, we don't necessarily see the transfer to good that takes place. But when you give, I hope at times you may see the fact that because of what you give, Nikolai through the week in Estonia will be visiting and ministering to the church there that a, perhaps a 20-year-old student at our uh, Bika Institute in Nicaragua is learning how to teach the gospel, learning how to be a church leader. Or when you give, you might see that orphan in Haiti who's being fed and who's been learning the Bible and would grow up, Lord willing, to be a Christian. Or maybe even that preacher who this morning is preaching to a Hispanic church on the Mexico side, to a small group of people who are hearing the gospel. 
This morning when you give, you're helping a lot of teachers and preachers in those countries. But how many would it take, how many preachers and teachers would it take to reach Collin County? What if we had a thousand? What if we had a thousand self-employed preachers and teachers who don't need funds to reach Collin County? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, I submit to you, we do have a thousand. And we're right here. What if we all sincerely looked at being better at leading people to Christ? And this morning, that's certainly the point of this lesson, for us to decide to do that, for us to look introspectively at what the person with all authority has asked us to do, if we are indeed his disciple. These were Jesus' last words. They mattered more than anything he could say. The question is, how much do they matter to us? Again, as I said, to take a look at these verses and how they apply to your life. I'm thankful that we're going to take some time in our Bible class, as Eric has mentioned, to give some emphasis to what is taking place worldwide with our uh, global effort. It's exciting to think about these things, and I pray that as we continue to move forward with steps here, uh, as we as we say are coming back more and more as we move forward, that our evangelism footprint here in Collin County can also continue to grow. We've had, a, uh, as you know, some new deacons that were installed just before uh, COVID took place last spring in 2020. And Anthony Travis is a deacon uh, we've appointed to work in personal evangelism and evangelistic outreach. And Anthony is excited about some opportunities that we can put together uh, to reach Collin County. We're going to sing a song of invitation this morning. Could be that someone here has come to their faith in Christ, but, but has never put the Lord on in baptism, never been immersed for the forgiveness of their sins. Well, we pray this is the morning that that would take place. And what a great way to, to have this be a beginning for us on Mission Sunday for someone to obey the gospel message that we're talking about this morning. If you have a need this morning at all, we pray that you come now as we stand together and sing.